This is the Primary Languages Network podcast. Introducing the fabulous Paul Phillips, Deputy Head Teacher at Our Lady of the Star and the Sea, and also lead for Spanish at this Catholic primary school in Ellesmere Port. Take a listen and find out why he loves learning and teaching languages and how his children also now have a desire to learn languages. He takes languages right across the curriculum and finds purposeful learning opportunities for all the children in the school. Paul will be speaking at our conference on the 27th of June this year and sharing with everybody creative ways to develop primary languages across the curriculum. You can find out more about this on our website, Primary Languages Network. Search for conference. Three, two, one. Okay, guys, we're here on uh, a nice Monday afternoon in Whitby uh, with Paul Phillips. He's um, a member or the coordinator and also deputy head at this at the school, which the school name which I never get right. So I'll let I'll let Paul say the say the name. Uh, we've had the last 15 minutes of messing around with iPhones and microphones and we've we've finally settled on on this idea on this one concept so it is a backup so if the if the audio is not perfect um don't shoot me but um I'm sure it'll be okay because the content produced that will come out of Paul's mouth will be brilliant so um hello Paul hi Will how you doing um Our Lady Star of the Sea is the name of the school Ellesmere Port so the, the Whitby the leafy area of Ellesmere Port yep Cheshire West um, and and we're here today. I'm, I've come in today because for, primarily you're, you are speaking at our our conference in June. That's right. And we just want to get kind of plug you because we know you and we know we know what you do here is really cool. And we kind of want people to know who's speaking at the conference. So just give us a, a brief summary of the last couple of years, what you've done at the school in terms of uh, lang- bringing up uh, languages in your school. Okay, well, I've been here uh, five years now, deputy head the whole time. When I first arrived, we were teaching French, so I taught French for a year. And then uh, we put it to the children. Um, well, we, we put a little survey out to the children, asked them what language they wanted to, to learn at school. And it came out that they wanted to do Spanish. And um, I suppose it was slightly engineered in that I had taught Spanish as well at a previous school. And... Um, we we made the plunge to change from French to Spanish about four years. In fact, no, it wasn't four years ago. It was three years ago now. Um, so we're in our third year of teaching Spanish here. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to make it really real for the children and exciting for the children and um, for them to have memorable experiences as well in languages. Was this something that you straight from the offset they're like the underpinning values or do you think it just naturally came that way so you're kind of making sure they're having a good experience no we definitely wanted to make sure that they had uh, a good positive experience of learning languages and uh, we knew that uh, it was going to be hard work but we thought um, you know children remember uh, exciting events and I yep. think that's probably one of the themes that we have um, running through our Spanish teaching at Our Ladies mm-hmm. um, is, you know, we have we follow, we use the Primary Languages Network um, resources to do our weekly lessons um, but on top of that we have the um, I suppose it's biannual big events as well Yeah. Um, one big exhibition a couple of years ago, this year we've got a big 
uh, procession. We might go into a bit more detail about that yeah. uh, shortly. Um, but uh, yeah, so things to to um, hang the rest of the Spanish learning on uh, and making it real. So I suppose the first question I'd have to ask, which many teachers probably will be thinking, is how have you got the time? Because you do teach a class as well. Do you teach a full class? Yeah, so I teach um, 70% of the time. Okay. Um, and uh, the rest of my time is sort of deputy heading. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of time, but I have lots of people helping me, and that is yeah. the key, really. Although I might be the figurehead here, we've got loads of really good people who are really willing to put in a lot of hard work to do it. And, and as I said, it is hard work, uh, but if you want to make a success of it, you know, you, 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 you get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. Um, we put staff meetings aside to talk about it we've had various we have various planning meetings to do with our um, uh, big celebrations it when we did our original exhibition uh, it took six months for us to plan this yeah. procession has taken six months to plan so we make a committee uh, for each of those and, and I've had lots of volunteers who've wanted to come and help me yeah. with this um, and we will then delegate responsibility to each of the teachers and we, we you know we we make a big initial um uh presentation i suppose to uh, and a show off the vision of what it is that we want um and and then we get people to buy into it and by having a really big impact at the start we can get people to buy into it and then they take ownership of it themselves yep. and then um uh, and uh, if you're positive and if you have a clear vision and you're organised, then people buy into it, and uh, and that's what we've managed to do here. Yeah, it seems like uh, it's there's such big exhibitions that planning has to be the it has to be so on point, um, and you must be doing regular checks. I'm assuming. Yeah, we do. Uh, we have uh, we use Google Docs actually. I don't know. Um, whether I'm, I'm sure lots of other schools do it, but we share lots of our resources. Yeah. Um, things can be regularly updated up on there. We have regular staff meetings. We have daily briefings as well, actually. Just uh, that's part of the way the school runs. But yeah, I'll keep dripping it in, and I suppose it's the same with with language teaching for me. You know, little and often is better than um, one fell swoop. So it will be yeah. little regular reminders and checks and and just uh, chatting to people and seeing that um, everything is is up to date as to where you want it to be yeah so then my next question would be because um, I'm kind of thinking from just a normal teacher's perspective here is or maybe uh, is more now so we said how do you have the time now it's more like what's the point because it's because it's, I've got maths to do I've got English to do I've got science to do like a, a languages exhibition like what what's the point um, because it is um, what makes the that is what we're working towards you know we have to have a uh a focal point and um the the exhibition is that we had a couple of years ago is a celebration of everything that we had done mm -hmm. um we wanted to celebrate the children's language learning we wanted to enthuse the key stage one children about language learning as well we wanted to share with our parents what it is that we've been doing yeah. uh, and we wanted to be proud of ourselves and, and celebrate our own achievements so um, uh, I suppose that was the, the uh, impetus behind doing the exhibition originally yeah. we, it was at the end of our first year of having taught Spanish 
um, we had a big, we sort of launched it on European Day of Languages, I think, and and then we knew at the end of the year we wanted to celebrate all the things that we had done, so I did that in sort of June, July time. Um, so, uh, yeah, I suppose they're the reasons that we did yep. that exhibition. Yep. Uh, the, the current uh, project that we're undertaking, which is a, a procession during Holy Week, it's two-pronged. One is to uh, celebrate the culture of Spain and to um, we've learnt a lot about the uh, Holy Week processions that go on in, in Spain uh, but also as a Catholic school we wanted to, th there's a religious aspect to it as well so it, it can be sort of cross-curricular as well mm -hmm. uh, the learning that we're doing of course yeah uh, where to st so in, in terms of your experience creating exhibitions Prior to the, coming to the school, had you had a or had you had a lot of experience, or had you built up from scratch, or is the first time going around? No, it was uh, so. You know, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. I think I was um, inspired by other schools that I've seen okay. close to us who have done very similar sorts of things. Yeah, some brilliant schools in Ellesmere, Port, and Chester um, that have done incredible exhibitions but not to do with languages so, so I know um, uh, St Bernard's and Ellesmere Port did a big um, uh, exhibition about um, songbirds and uh, conservation uh, I've seen Meadow Primary School also in a, a local Ellesmere Port school who've done a brilliant Roald Dahl themed mm -hmm. exhibition and they do annual ones really Meadow so uh, it's something that we uh, and as a staff We've gone on staff meetings to go and have a look at these other schools' exhibitions. Real. So, yeah. um, and that's just a really good way of sharing good practice, yeah. I suppose. Whatever language it means. Had you spoken? Have you spoken to some, like the people that coordinated that as well when yeah. you were planning? Yeah, okay. yeah, I had. So I'd um, I picked their brains quite a lot, and, and in fact, we shared resources. You know, we shared display boards so that yeah. we, when. Uh, when we were doing ours, then we managed to get things from them. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm very willing to share with yeah, other people what like... it is that we do, and um, I think that's the way that you improve, isn't it, through collaboration? So for sure. And if you are coming to the conference in June, for sure, have a chat with Paul. He's more than willing to share with you secrets in terms of getting these, yeah. these set up. One secret, which I think, from what I saw about your the first exhibition, is that it looks like what you, you do a lot of things, but you do a lot of simple things. Yeah. Like good good ideas and I like simplicity. So I think there really there were lots of really simple ideas executed well. That's yeah. what I see. Uh, yeah, I hope so. And that's yeah. nice to say. Thanks well. I think um yeah, we're not um reinventing the wheel here. No. It's just that the you know, exhibition that we did was just um using the resources of primary languages network you know yep. there wasn't and there, there may be one or two things that weren't in our exhibition there may have been 20 different displays yep. something like that maybe one or two of them were things that weren't anything to do with the primary languages network resources but yep. we've just taken the things that are uh, available to us via the website and then and then run with it and put our own spin no, on it for I sure. suppose absolutely um, uh, I remember seeing when you came and spoke for us at the network meeting, especially the birthdays one. Yeah. If you want to explain that one, I don't want to steal your thunder. Uh, okay, so that we, I, I suppose the the motivation behind the birthdays one was one we had learned how to say when uh, how old I am or when what month your birthday was in, and. Um, we also wanted a way of counting how many people were attending the exhibition. So the first sort of interactive en exhibition when you entered into it was a series of 
12 upturned um, half um, sliced um, fizzy drinks bottles we we chopped them off and then we had put them next to each month of the year in Spanish and then en on entry everybody was given a counter and then it said um, I think it was a little phrase said cuando es tu cumpleaños and people had to put the counter in the month of their yeah. um, birthday the best way the best yeah, I'm sure Paul did describe that well but the best way of imagining it is when if you ever shopped in like Waitrose or Tesco's where you get to chew, put a coin in the charity that's that's what it was like yeah. that's what it kind of the feel you get with it you kind of get your coin and you get to put it in the one the charity you choose to yeah you choose to follow but it's not charity it's your birthday month yeah um yeah. but you used qr codes well as as well didn't you for yeah. your exhibitions yeah we did so we did a lot of for the exhibitions we did a lot of um filming of we do a lot of songs it was the first year that we'd been uh, teaching um spanish so it was everybody was sort of doing year three, yeah, year three curriculum on the Primary Languages Network. Stage one, yeah, yeah, stage one, uh, at at slightly different levels. But there's a lot of singing in that, and there's a lot of songs in that. So yeah. we wanted to, it was hard to put that into an exhibition without there being loads of videos in the exhibition. So we put um, QR codes around the room, and we gave people iPads on entry to the exhibition. It did mean that we ran out of iPads quite often. I yeah, think. but so that's something that we will probably change if we were to do it in future. But uh, the the QRs linked to the QR codes linked to videos that we have yep. um, shared on our school Vimeo site or our school YouTube site, which are still freely accessible. Yeah, and uh, for those of you that aren't too tech savvy, listen to this. A QR code is essentially um, it's a it's a U it's a website address in uh, built uh, built into like um, a square. Uh, map almost you scan that you scan it and it'll take you to that website address they're really simple to use once you've got as soon as you can make one of them they make so much sense and you start seeing them everywhere you see them on food labels you see them in schools you see them you get you literally realize that qr codes now kind of own the world really don't they because mm. they're so useful yeah a little um very easy port and you with your phone or ipad you can scan that qr code and paul really used that brilliantly and what we definitely one of the things that really touched Janet about this exhibition is she's very passionate about using her curriculum and not you not having the curriculum she makes as uh, handcuffs, more seeing it as an opportunity for you to use it. But if you want to go ahead and add, you know, bells and whistles to it, that's what we want to see. We want to see you guys getting engaged and then creating these things from it. And we're looking back and going, whoa, uh, where's this come from? So that's something that probably really touched Janet with the whole exhibition is because it was just like seeing the hungry giant story yeah seeing um seeing the that for me personally seeing the jungle Irani video which we mean Irani created it's just like whoa yeah it's so cool yeah and they were really fun to make and the kids really enjoyed it and if you look at the videos they're, they're you know they've got big grins on their faces yeah. the whole time and and we yeah. kind of made it um sort of cross-curricular as well because they had any of the uh, props that they used in any of the videos that we made yep. they'd made them during art lessons yep. um, uh, so in particular the, the the jungle one was one that had taken um, a little while for them to produce um, because it had taken them six weeks to make the little masks but then the masks were they whatever technique that had been in, in practicing in arts fitted in with whatever they yeah. had um, um, been doing in Spanish I suppose it does take it needs you to think quite carefully about your curriculum and how what 
you're doing in Spanish fits in with what you're doing in other subjects as well. So you do need to think carefully about yeah, what sure. fit where. If I suppose the the read there's people will be looking at if they were to look at your exhibition or speech or see you at the conference, they were like that's so much, but. What hopefully what they can take is that they can just take one idea and make a really good wall display from it. Yeah. Because it is manageable. One, just one of them is very manageable and it's quirky and it's interesting and it's not just spa- just put your stereotypical Spanish display on. There's an interest. There's an interactivity to it which yeah. would really appeal to like the scanning the QR code and having the kids sing happy birthday to you is a really good idea of using what's done in the lesson. Yeah showcasing evidence showcasing progress because they're ticking many boxes in terms of the attainment targets they're hitting there and also just making it interesting as opposed to just putting a display up because you need to because you're the coordinator mm. as we we use the um you know the little sound buttons um, yes that loads of those if you've got an enormous amount of blue tag then you can stick those to the wall quite easily and yeah. then make a, a lovely little display as well yeah. we did lots of you just mentioned uh, uh, interactive displays well and and we would have uh, a picture of a person and um, or a picture of a a series of pictures of people I suppose on the wall and uh, and recorded on the little sound buttons something that one of them had said and then you had to match who said what based on what they said so yeah. um, uh, I think that's another little interactive display if we have displays around school you know in the corridors and we'll try and make them interactive okay so let's let's think of a couple of i don't want to put you on the spot but a couple of top tips for somebody who's just starting out so let's i'll create the create this person being they've just been given they're probably in the first couple of teach couple of years of teaching Mm. first job been given the role of mfl coordinator most probably because they're kind of just it's kind of what was left for for pickings but they do now want to do a good job and they, they're thinking first year, we want to make a presence. We want to show the school that French or Spanish is being taught or German or Italian is being taught in the school. What top tips could you give in terms of um, either days, displays, exhibitions? What what top tips could you give? Well, I think a, a, a very popular one is signs around the school. So push and pull on the doors and the names of the doors around school. Yep. Uh, so that it is, it's got high profile. I think that's uh, one thing that I like to make sure in school is that it's, it's fairly high profile. Yep. And, and there, it, it's initially, I suppose, it's a bit of work that you've got to print it out and maybe laminate them, the signs, but then they can stay for as long as you like. So yep. I think that's a quick win. I would say the the sound button so that you can record people. Um, we got ours from um, just one of the catalogues um, uh, and you can buy a set of 10 and then yep. you can re- use those to record quite easily. Um, I, I think little and often is better than one for, it's twice one big I've said that. Yeah. yeah. So um, drip feed in Spanish or French or whatever language it might be throughout the week as well. So. Um, Things like taking a register in in the foreign language or lunch choices in the foreign language as well. Once you've taught it to the children once or twice, then after that, it, you know the repetition becomes yeah. um, easy. Um, so they're quite quick wins that you can teach teachers to do as well. And yeah. if it's a job that they're having to do anyway, then uh, I think it, it, it you know it's not an extra thing that they have to do. Yeah. Okay. So keep it's once again going down that line of keeping it quite keeping it quite simple. 
Yeah. Small wins. Small wins to start off with. Yeah. So what if now they've gone... So the next person would be... They've done the first year MFL coordinator. They've they've managed to get some small wins, but still the presence is... They're still looking for that big kind of statement, I suppose. Yeah. So now probably might go, right, I wouldn't mind doing a half day or full day yeah. kind of Spanish or French day. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think... You know, a good day to do is European Day language as well. There's loads of resources that are provided by the people at European Day, whoever organizes yep. that. Everywhere, there's languages that there's on our curriculum. There's everywhere, isn't there? Really yeah. good ones. Um, I, in terms of a day itself, though, I think initially what we set out to do was have one year group responsible for one song or one year group responsible for one area of, of the curriculum in, in that language. So it might be one year group, you do something to do with, um, I don't know, colours and numbers, and another one do greetings, and another mm-hmm. one do foods, or something like that. Um, there are, on the Primary Languages Network website, there are loads of resources for each of those, so learning songs and having them in assemblies. Uh, we... Um, we sing every week when we have our congratulations assembly we sing happy birthday to whoever's birthday it is in spanish yeah. as well yeah that's a really good one like um uh, and i think having uh, share us yeah sharing our responsibility for different areas of the curriculum yeah w- with different teachers and and uh, you know choose who it, not everybody is going to be as receptive with amongst your staff not everyone's no, going to be as, as no, receptive that... so choose who it is who you ask to to help you and then hopefully eventually you get a critical mass of people who will um... that's a really good tip that because I think that if you were to if you were to present an this idea in a school that isn't receptive to languages to the whole staff it'd be kind of like a group mentality no but if you targeted a couple of your people that you know would say yes because you get on with them or you have a good working relationship or maybe they're an NQT as well or they're building up, yeah. they kind of want to help out, that would be a great way. Of just getting, if you could get two really good people helping out with you, yeah, you could do a lot, couldn't you? Yeah, I think so. And it's, um, I suppose I'm lucky here in that I am the deputy head and yep. I have authority already. So people sort of follow my lead a little bit yeah uh, and I know it's different if you're not in that situation so so you you do have to choose you know sm- start small don't expect to do everything straight away yeah um, but um, pick people who you think will help you and then and then for sure with it. yeah ab- absolutely it's, good. it's really good advice that because actually that's practical advice to take away dealing with having to pitch the idea to somebody who's not going to be keen is uh, is going to be tricky. And if you can get a couple of people that are on your side, do something small scale that's going to be successful, more people are going to be like, oh, I won't mind helping out next year. I can, that was good. Yeah, That was really good what job you did there. Uh, a tip for me that I got from somebody else is always, okay, yes, it's a languages exhibition, but sky's, it's the primary school, sky's the limit in terms of creativity. So do a Eurovision song contest do you know go you don't have it doesn't have to be focused on languages it could be focused on anything yeah yeah I think that's a really good idea as well isn't yeah it? the Eurovision song contest is you know exactly it just makes sense yeah. it makes sense everybody everybody could present a different country every class could present a different country yeah and you could have a little bit of a laugh of it because it is a bit of a laugh itself so you're yeah. not going to offend anybody yeah. as long as you don't do anything 
you know absolutely ridiculous but because everything's a bit of a joke in that anyway you're not you're in very safe waters there to yeah. explore different countries and cultures yeah yeah um okay so my final question would be in in regards to this kind of troubleshooting would be you're a teacher you've been a maybe a, 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 the mfl coordinator for five or six years you, you're doing a good job okay but it's just getting a little dry getting a little stale and now they're thinking I have the kind of backing to go ahead for something like like a, a what you do with the big exhibitions or a big parade or something like that. What would be the first steps on that, and how would how how maybe to pitch to a to your deputy, pitch to your head teacher that it's a good idea to go for it? Um, well, I think show what other people have done and encourage them to have a look at, at the things that we've done and, and and you can talk to us about it and that's fine we, we, we're happy to, to share things and um, what is possible at our school is definitely possible at other schools yeah. without a doubt um, it's important that you have a vision for what it is that you want so we, we before planning any of the exhibitions that we've done we've seen what other schools have done as I said before um, we've visited other schools we've talked to other people about it uh, and then sort of drew out created a little committee drew out what it is that we wanted what our aims were for one of our big ex exhibitions um, the the specifics of layout of the exhibition as yep. well and yep. how we wanted to um, share responsibility for different areas of the exhibition um, and plan a timeline of we're going to get this done by this time yeah. we're going to get this done by this yeah. time and so on and so forth um, as it's from a deputy's perspective if someone were to pitch something to you uh, from a different subject you know are you looking for that kind of organisation are they do, are they being realistic with their planning are they being are they, will, are they looking enthusiastic are these are things you're looking for for the backing yeah absolutely and and you know if you are organised the, the senior leadership would have their work cut out doing lots of things if you are offering to do something yourself off your own back using your own initiative yeah um, then you know, I would have thought most senior leadership teams would be supportive of yeah. you doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so enthusiasm and organisation will get you a long way. It get you a long way, and I think if you're a member of our network, you should absolutely feel like you could you could contact any of us and create a bit of discussion, and we could uh, ask other people in our network, like Paul, similar to Paul or Paul, that is our our experts in this kind of in in this field of creating some really cool stuff. Um, so let's 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 move into the future. We have uh, something coming up in just over two weeks now. Yeah. Just over two weeks. I don't know why we're looking at a really small date on the on the laptop, but <laughs> it's just over two weeks. Um, and you're going to be kind of presenting the results of this, I suppose, in in June at the conference. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So what you have touched on it a little bit before, but you can kind of explain the depths of it. Yeah. So we. It's our Semana Santa procession. So uh, in Spain, they have big um, processions during Holy Week, which they call Semana Santa. And we wanted to, uh, as well as teaching Spanish the language, we wanted to teach about Spanish culture. And, and this is the way that we wanted to do it. So this year, we are um, taking part in a procession through the streets of Ellesmere Port. So we're, we're starting at Whitby Park, which is near us. Yep. And then we are processing through the um the big shopping arcade in the town uh we've got quite a few of the roads closed as well 
um, so that all of our children can process through down to church. It's a Catholic school that we're at, so we um, we will celebrate mass at the end of it. Yeah. Um, we have spent about six months um, planning it and preparing <laughs> yeah. things. We've had the, um, we work with our local uh, secondary school. So Ellesmere Port Catholic High School have really kindly made it's just across the road from us, isn't yeah, it? Literally yeah, literally. Yeah. We share a car park, so they have very kindly made some floats for us or pasos, as we call them. Um, upon which each of the different classes have made a depiction of one of the the um, the sorrowful mysteries, which is part of Jesus's um, last days. Yeah. Um, we. Um, so they've just been made during art and DT lessons. Yep. Um, so we uh, did an assembly, ooh, maybe two or three months ago, something like that, where I asked children to volunteer to be paso carriers. So in Spain, they'll have like 100, people, 100 grown men carrying these yeah. um, um, pasos, which weigh a ton. Ours weigh quite considerably less than a ton, but we're going to have eight children carrying uh, five passos around. So okay. year six have made one paso. Year five, year four, year three, and year two have so all just, made a paso. So you said they're a float. Kind of just kind of briefly just kind of describe yeah, this. Yeah. Okay. As... So uh, a R R one. Yeah. The year so I teach year four. Year four have made a big sort of polystyrene Jesus, with, and he's got a crown of thorns on his head. Yeah. Uh, which the children have. Um, Polystyrene Jesus. Yeah, that you, sounds like you've had to have to shape that. Yeah, they have. They, I mean, it, it wow. has taken quite some time. Yeah. So they have um, made um, a model Jesus kneeling down um, with, and they've made a crown of thorns. Um, and this has been a, so it's about oh I'd say three or four foot tall something like that, and it's been attached to a sort of plywood base to which we've attached. Um, Four poles, so the children will carry the will hold the poles, hopefully shoulder height, yeah, uh, through the streets. Now we had to make it okay. light enough so that yeah, eight-year-old yeah. children could carry them around yeah. the streets, um, and that they could fit through the doors of the shopping centre. So that was one of my considerations a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I had to go down and measure it up. Um, so we've uh, each year group has got a different um, scene to depict, and then on top of that, they've got. Um, children have made flags and banners and they've made lanterns and stuff that they can carry as yes a well. um, lot of lanterns aren't there in the Samana Santa there, there are yeah. yeah obviously we're doing it you know in Samana Santa lots of the uh, in, in Spain lots of the parades might be at night yeah uh, where so hence why they've used lanterns as is taking place during the day yeah so the lanterns won't be quite as effective but we thought the idea was good whole school taking part that we've got um year two to year six are uh, taking part in the actual procession. Yeah. Year, reception in year one have been involved in making the banners and some and helping out with some of the passos, some of the floats. Yeah, but they're but a little too little to walk. It was a little a bit walk. too far to walk. Yeah. Yeah. Usually they would go on a coach if they were to go to our church, because cool. not next door. Um, we've got a marching band as well, so our year five and six children have, uh, 30 of them have made a marching band, so they've been in training yeah. in music lessons over the past Brilliant. month or so, so they sound tremendous. Fantastic. Um, so they're going to have to carry their drums through the streets yep. as well. Uh, and, um, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we, we're inviting parishioners and uh, we're inviting other parents as well, so hopefully there'll be a lot of people yes. involved. Yes, um, I suppose if you're a school around this area listening, by the off chance, get in touch with Pocus I'm sure you, it's something that you're wanting to make into 
future years. It's not just yeah. a one-off. So, and you want to make it bigger and better, and yeah. and yeah. and get more collaboration with other schools, really. So, Absolutely, yeah. Um, if you're in, you don't need to be a member of the network. You can just be around the area. Just get this is totally off there. This is their school's thing. We're just going. We're observers on the day. We're just going in to see see this amazing parade. Um, but if you're a school around here, get in touch with Paul. Yeah. Um, afterwards, and and I'm sure. He he'd be more than willing to get you get your school involved if you're keen. Yeah, for sure, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, any, I suppose. What? How far we've we've done thirty minutes already. Wow. Uh, uh, I I suppose we can we can. I think it's a nice time to wrap it up. I think okay. you've I think you've shown really. Hopefully, what you can hear here is Paul is an expert at this kind of stuff. He might not say he is, but he's absolutely an expert at doing it and also looking like he's not even bothered about it either as well <laughs> which I'm sure there's a lot of I know for a fact there's a lot of thinking and there's a lot of non-stop going on in your head on this but you do a very good job of making it look seamless from the outside in well thanks a lot yeah I mean it's, it's hidden it's underneath you know, my, uh, my heart is um is going ten a penny. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, come. Make sure you come to the conference and see Paul speak. You'll see some of the amazing. He'll bring. He'll bring some of the amazing stuff that he does at the parade. Hopefully, some of the stuff he's done in previous exhibitions, so you can get a good flavour of of what actually is made, and it is going to inspire you to create stuff yourself. Maybe not even the same subject, but it's just it's just really good to see um, somebody put all of the exhibitions out and, and show show off the school so well so thanks a lot Paul for letting me come in and interview today for the podcast pleasure thanks a lot Will brilliant and, uh, see you see you soon see you soon couple of weeks yeah. okay